Hey, everybody, what's up? Welcome to the podcast. This is Fred Moore, and today my guest is Sophie Medina. She's the founder of Bravest for Choice. That's at Bravest for Choice on Instagram. Bravest for Choice is basically uh, created to um, basically deal with mandates and stuff. And she's a New York City firefighter with 13 years on the job. And um, basically, we want to talk about today what's going on over there and what the impact of mandates is. Thanks for coming on to the podcast. Thanks for having me. It's good to talk to another firefighter about this and uh, keep the people awake and uh, wake up the ones that are sleeping. Because so what happened here in New York City, for anyone that doesn't know, is, uh, you know, at one point in time, the pandemic was going on. We were responding to these emergencies with uh, subpar PPE and everybody continued to do their job. People were banging pots and pans for us at 7 p.m. And from one day to the next, pretty much, we were working and then they told us that we, we have to get this new vaccine or we can lose our jobs. Then we were told we could, we had nine days to make a choice of, of whether or not we wanted to um, apply for religious exemptions or medical exemption, there was barely any way of even knowing how to do this, you know. The union tried to put stuff out there, but it's, it's really hard, as you've probably seen in your department, just to get correct word out in like a six-week time period. So imagine what that was like in nine days of people asking questions, people thinking like, oh my god, what am I going to do? Am I going to lose my job? Am I going to take this shot and I didn't want to? So it all happened really fast and we had to mobilize and uh, Bravest for Choice actually started with two guys um, texting each other and thinking about these mandates are coming down, what are we gonna do? That led to a Zoom call with about 40 plus people on, which um, in turn created uh, the Bravest for Choice because it started off as just a telegram group uh, kitchen table. And then that formed into us creating a non-for-profit Bravest for Choice with our mission being to uh, keep the choices for our members to fill in the holes wherever we feel like the union dropped the ball or the city like sold us out, you know? Um, so that's what we've been doing. We've been fighting lawsuits. We filed um, two lawsuits at this point. Uh, one is still in the works and it's waiting for like judgment from another lawsuit that would benefit us if they won. So we can get into all that um, yeah, throughout yeah. the podcast. Yeah, well, with the religious exemptions, um, you know, that's a serious thing. This country, it's not even that old, the country, 260 years old, but religious freedom is was the, one of the cornerstones in this country. It's why people even came here to begin with initially. People came here so that they could practice their religious freedoms. And I know nowadays we live in a pretty you know, light religious or secular or whatever you want to call it. Not many people take religion seriously. I don't know if I should say not many, but, you know, it doesn't seem like it's a strong religious uh, country as it was 50, 60, 70, 80, 100 years ago. But I just want to remind people, even if they don't have religion in their lives, the protection of people's right to religion is a huge thing that will affect them too. If we allow people's religious rights to be trampled in any way, shape, or form, then it's just going to extend into other areas of, of of other people's, you know, perceived freedoms or liberties. So um, people should pay attention to this kind of stuff. And what you're indicating is that 
you they gave you a very limited window of opportunity to even file a exemption and probably right. half of the people who managed to get it in by the deadline they said oh you didn't say this you didn't do that and and they probably cleared out a bunch of them saying nope this one doesn't count you did it wrong am i right so what actually happened is that um our group the telegram chat was about like 2000 plus right with people saying hold the line and hold the line and don't put in exemption papers, put in exemption papers, save yourself. Um, I'm doing this for me, you know, like it's a bunch of uh, voices. And so that's exactly what happened. Some people put in their religious exemptions because their thought process was probably like, well, it's easier to fight with money in my pocket than it is to without. So some people went that way. Other hardliners like myself said, absolutely not. Holding the line means that I'm gonna force their hands to do what they want to do and I'm going to stand my ground and I don't feel like I should have to put in any kind of exemption for something that was never um, a condition of employment from when I signed my contract you know and it was never brought up to the union the union has a lawsuit against it so I don't feel the need and I think that it's uh, fracturing us if I put in a religious exemption especially being one of the voices of bravest for choice right that, that was my decision it is bravest for a reason, right? We're the bravest and we're standing for medical choice. Yeah. So I, I uh, felt very strongly about not putting in any type of exemption in the beginning because I felt like that, that watered us down and that watered down the fight. But unfortunately what happened is that um, not everybody thought like me and some people, you know, decided to do what was best for them and their family and keep that money in their pocket. So the people that put in the religious exemptions before October 27th, they weren't granted their religious exemptions, but they are still working with their religious exemptions pending in, uh, in approval or a denial. At this point, from my understanding, most people have gotten an initial denial. I don't think one person has gotten a religious exemption approval I believe there have been three people that have gotten a medical exemption approval. But other than that, anyone that's working under a religious exemption, it's not because it's been approved. It's because it just hasn't been denied with the final denial. So anyone that put in their religious exemption or their medical exemption after the 27th, which was an arbitrary date, theirs was, um, we were placed on leave without pay from that point on. Uh, barring a few exemptions, like for full transparency, I didn't go on to leave without pay until February because I actually had a medical condition, which I'm still dealing with, that um, I was still on medical leave for before the mandates came down. And so now I'm still receiving treatment for it. But I am on leave without pay as of February, um, I want to say like 14th or something. And that happened after I went on to the news and spoke about what was going on. It was like immediately the next day I got a phone call. Hey, you should have actually been on leave without pay for a month. Um, you know, the jig is up, which I had, you know, people had told me, you know, whispering, like, just lay low, continue to get paid. But that doesn't sit right with me. These stories need to be told. And it doesn't matter if people are like, oh, you're just being put out there and you're going to be the last one and they're going to burn you. Then so be it. Yes. I can't control other people's actions. I can only control what's, you know, in my heart, in my mind, how I process things. And some things in this life are worth like 
fighting for. And I think that this is more than a vaccine mandate. I think this is a total upheaval of our way of life and that people should not be comfortable with being told by a job, you know, that they can hold this over your head because what's next? And eventually some, your line is going to be crossed too. And then you're going to be fighting this shit alone. Yeah, you will be alone because you let everybody else go first. And I, I want to tell you, I got goosebumps on my arms just listening to you talk, Sophie. And I want to point out to anyone who's listening or watching this, um, what you just said, and I want to just reinforce what you just said. You said that people told you to, to lay low and just kind of ride it out. But you said, no, you have conviction. You stood up. And you did the right thing. You're, you're not playing games here. You're not doing that. And I want to point out that it's very rare to find an individual who will do something like that. And I know a lot of people, it's difficult to be that brave, but understand and recognize that there's people like yourself, Sophie, out there right now who are willing on doing it. But people like yourself also need the support of everybody else. So if you're not brave enough to be a Sophie, be brave enough to just get behind her somehow and support, find that leadership. You're a leader. I'm seeing you as one just because you have the audacity to stand up to this big thing and just say, no, we're not doing this. So I want to compliment you on that. And, and I appreciate you doing that. That's, that's amazing. Um, Now you went out to California recently to to defeat the mandates uh protests which was like a rally actually it wasn't a protest it was awesome i was watching it on video it was terrific i mean there was it was huge it was it was a well-oiled machine you got to meet with the california firefighters out there um how do you compare where they're at and where fdny is at are you guys Um, i think yeah we talk and um we're in a similar situation um it seems like our cities are really trying to, um, for lack of a better term, like cut us off at, at the head, you know, like they know that if they get the firefighters and the first responders to comply with this, then everybody else is going to fall. Because if you can get, you know, the fearless ones to go along, to get along, then the rest is, um, pan comido, as they would say in Spanish, it's, it's, it's just easy money, right? It's um, easy peasy to get everybody else. So um, I see similarities there. I think their fight started a little before ours. So it seemed, at least from the outside looking in, that they had a little bit more time to plan where ours were. We just got steamrolled left and right. And um, so, but we communicate. Uh, we're pretty much on track with like what they're doing. They have lawsuits. We have lawsuits. We've been out to all these Defeat the Mandates, uh, Reawaken America tour, and just trying to tell our stories and try to fundraise for the monster that is these lawsuits, that they take so much money and they take so much time. And um, it's really thankless doing this because it keeps, I I can only speak for myself, but um, it keeps me from like doing things that could be bettering my my situation as well, because I'm so involved in this. Um, we don't get paid, obviously, from this. Um, and so 
there's times when I'm like, Sophie, you got to think about yourself and like how you're going to make money. You have to start investing in yourself. You have to take a course. And um, there's things that I start and then I don't finish because I'm so committed to what's going on with Bravest for Choice and with um, New Yorkers for Religious Liberty dot uh, org. We can talk about that later. That's another lawsuit. So, you know, it just pulls me in so many directions. This actual fight in this city where this energy is just so heavy um, against us. But um, so, yeah, I think it's great to be in touch with uh, other leaders across the coast. Uh, we have contact with the fire firefighters from Florida as well and the firefighters from D.C. And um, we've just been working collectively, gathering information, putting things together, finding out how we can help our members that were coerced into taking this um, medical intervention and are now experiencing uh, adverse events. And then nobody's standing up for them. Eventually, this is going to be something that comes out and people are going to be clutching at their pearls. And we're going to be sitting there like, we've, we've said this from day one. You know, this was always one of our fears and people getting hurt because of this vaccine or people just making a choice that doesn't sit right with them and they can't even look at themselves in the mirror anymore. Sophie, how do people donate? Where, where does the money go? So you can donate. We have a gifts and go. And you can find that at bravestforchoice.org. Um, and you can, so the, all of our donations have gone to legal fees. And um, it's right now in a, in a savings to give more as the, as the legal bills come in. We just cut a check, cut a check. We also have a grant set up that no one has used yet to try to help anybody that applies for it, try to help them out with a bill, you know, we'll review it. And if we can help, it may not be a lot because we don't have a lot, but if we can help you pay a bill and you've been in this fight this whole time, then that's what we want to do. So that's another thing we want to put out there. And um, another thing that we're doing with our organization, like I said, is um, we're accumulating data of members who have been hurt by the vaccine that no one's listening to them. We have a database of over, I want to say over 30 firefighters that have come forward and um, out of that 30, I believe 15 of them are pretty severe uh, reactions where people are going to be getting out of the job because of it. But the fear is that because it's a, a COVID-related, COVID vaccine-related injury, that they're pretty much being told not to say that that's what it is because they'll be covered under the presumptive. So explain that. The presumptive. So the presumptive, so the presumptive heart and lung bill is... Um, a bill that was, um, you know, gotten through hard blood, sweat, and tears. This was firefighters after 9-11 that were coming down with stuff in their heart and crazy cancers and their lungs. And so they had to fight for this bill, just the same way I think that we should be fighting for a bill for anything having to do with COVID and COVID vaccine injury. So what people are being told now is, okay, maybe you did get hurt with the vaccine. But don't say that because you're not covered. No one's held liable if you're vaccine injured. Right. But under the presumptive bill, okay, your heart hurts. So we'll just say your heart hurts and it, it's job related and then you'll be covered. Don't mention the vaccine injury because that could hurt you in the long run when it comes to getting your money. Right. The same game again, where you take the shortest, easiest route to solve the problem, which really isn't solving the problem at all. Right. And, and I'm sympathetic to that too because... When you see how the city has piled on on us and how much money it takes to fight City Hall, 
um, most people will take the, the money route because right. they have to take care of their families and they see what they're up against. They're like, F that. If the, if the city's going to give me money, then that's the route I'm going to take. So I get that. I, um, I empathize. But eventually somebody's got to sound the alarm. Eventually somebody has to stand up and say, no, this is what happened. Right. You know? Right. Everybody listening, the biggest thing you can do is donate some money to uh, Bravest of Choice or any of these other organizations. But think about it. Even if it's only $5, don't just say, ah, what's the point? It's only $5. If enough of you are donating the money, it will add up. It will add up significantly. And guess what? You don't have to donate $5. I'm challenging you. Donate $20. It's not a big deal. So what? You have to go um, a week or two with maybe a little less uh, from the grocery store. Whatever it yeah, is. Yeah, maybe, maybe skip the Starbucks for the week and donate, yeah. you right. know, $20. Or, or make it a, like um, a commitment to donate for the next three months or so. Donate yes. $20 a month for the next three months. You know, if everybody, if 10 people did that and then 10 people told 10 more people to do that, that uh, reaches people exponentially. And then the the bank grows exponentially and we have more uh, resources to continue this fight Yeah, because it is exhausting and eventually everybody is going to reach their limit. Right. I did. I did exactly what you just said. Um, I, there was a, a, like a soda that I would buy from the supermarket in a six pack it came out to like $1.25 a can. It's a sugar-free soda. It doesn't have any chemicals mm-hmm. in it. It's very healthy. And my wife would always be like, oh, you drink those things all the time. Well, I stopped because that was costing me $6.75 a week. So I was like, right. well, that's, that's $24 a month. And then I put myself on a, subs- a subscription payment to an organization, and they happen to be the one that you're wearing on your shirt right now. Oh, yeah. Children's Health Defense, they're great. They just yeah. announced uh, two lawsuits that they're going after. Um, there's so many lawsuits, it's hard to keep up. But, yeah. yeah, they're definitely going after the right people at the right time. And, um, yeah, we talk to them pretty regularly. And we co- go out to their rallies and they come out to ours. Yeah. And we're all just trying to fight this fight because Did you- it's so much bigger than the vaccine mandate at this point. Yeah, well, the, the point is, is what it says on your shirt, children's health defense. They're defending the children. Mm-hmm. And what people got to realize, again, I was making uh, that comment before about religion, how if you're not religious, you should still worry about this. Well, if you have kids and you don't think you should be worried, I think you should be. And I think you would agree with me, Sophie, because they just passed uh, the other day an emergency use authorization now for under 12. and. Right. We all know for, booster. for boosters, which I'm finding out boosters don't even need to go through any clinical trials at all mm-hmm. because it's considered a derivative off of the main vaccine. So that could be an issue. Again, we don't know. And you're going to take a popu- part of your population, children, and um, who are unaffected by the virus pretty much. And you're going to yeah. say, oh, we're going to start giving them this. I think that's a terrible idea. So if firefighters and other first responders are mandated, then what is going to happen to the kids next? Are they going to be allowed to go to school without it? This is something people really need to start thinking about. 100%. I think people need to think outside the box and not being um, 
just uh, being led by fear all the time. Because what I always hear is uh, the, the why we can't do this. Oh, I can't homeschool my kid. It's too hard. I'm dumb. I could barely uh, keep track of my own stuff. You can do it. Like you, if that's what you want to do, and you don't like what's going on in the schools, or you want more control over parenting your children, you shouldn't be co-parenting with the government. Those are your children, right. and you want to raise them up the way you want to raise them up. So if you want to homeschool, find a way to homeschool. Same way if you want to lose weight, find a way to lose weight. If you want to work out, find the time and a, and a way to uh, work out. You know, it's all about commitment and doing the hard thing. That's not always the easy, it's not always the easy thing that ends up being the right thing. It's usually the hard thing, you know, that's the right thing to do. So yes, a lot of excuses of why we can't do this or this is so hard and but you just got to do it. And if more people would you know, maybe you're not a leader. And I don't even feel like I'm a leader. I follow a lot of good people when I see good leaders. And then if I don't see that there's a leader in place, then I'm going to find my way to lead that charge. And then if I find that somebody better comes along, I'm like, please take over. And I'm going to follow you now because that's, that's the that I was in the Marines. It's lead, follow, or get out of the way. Yes. In order to be a good leader, you got to be a good follower. Yes. So and you have to know who to follow. And that's why you're a leader, because you just, even though you said you don't feel like one, you just hit all the definition points with what mm -hmm. you just said. So yeah. that's, that's, you are 100% right. And, and another thing um, you said, uh, you know, usually the hard thing is the right thing to do. And the reason why a lot of things go wrong in this world, in a society is because things are so hard. People just don't, they can't do it. They, they just tell themselves it's too hard. I can't do it. But isn't, isn't this when you see people actually come together? Because yeah. when things are hard, people start to realize I can't do it by myself. I have to lean on my neighbor. I need somebody in on my team here. This is what creates communities. This is actually how it starts. Our communities that we live in, we live a lavish lifestyle now, aren't they? But there was a time or era and an age long ago where life was hard and people decided to come together into little villages and so on and so forth. That's exactly what we need to be doing right now. Don't be afraid to dig in for the hard fight because you'll carry as much water as you can. And then you got your neighbor right next to you, your friend, your confidant, somebody who is seeing eye to eye with you that believes in you, that you believe in them. They're going to pick it up and they're going to carry it the rest of the way. Right. Correct. You definitely have to uh, build your villages. And I think that has been the, um, the most hopeful silver lining of this whole thing is just finding the people. When you look around and you see that you're not alone and there's people that have been there since day one of this fight and you continue to see those faces, you're like, those are my people. Those are my people. When shit gets hard and stuff starts to hit the fan, these are the people that I know they're going to rely on me and I'm going to be able to rely on them because they've been here and they put in the work. So I think that's definitely like the best part of this hard time is finding your people. And um, it, it crosses uh, racial lines. It crosses uh, religious, you know, preference and sexual preference and all that stuff. Yep. Because people who believe in, in liberties and who know their history, they're aligned on this. Yeah. You know, they see the writing on the wall. And um, it's a lot of children of immigrants that see the writing on the wall, especially if you come from or your family comes from like a communist country or um, a dictatorship, you know, we have a lot of that in the in Latin American countries and a lot of the um, Eastern European countries. So I think, yeah, it behooves people to know their history and um, 
see the parallels of what's going on now to what's happened in some of our parents' lifetimes even. Yeah, just recently. I mean, we don't have to go that far back. Now, Sophie, we have about six minutes left, and I don't want to just keep rifling questions at you unless you want me to, but um, do you have anything in particular you want to address while you have the opportunity? Sure. So uh, New Yorkers for Religious Liberties org is um, the collective that we've done in New York City uh, as a class action lawsuit to represent everybody that's been affected by this um, unconstitutional vaccine mandate. So this will reflect and represent the private sector worker, the all the municipalities, so the cops, the firefighters, the teachers, um, sanitation. It's going to be uh, the entertainers because even though entertainers are still that was one of the caveats that the, the mayor allowed, right? He let the sports players and the um, entertainment workers go to work without um, needing the vaccine to show the vaccine. But there are some places within the artist community that they still cannot perform without a vaccination. So they're still being held back, you know, in employment. And in this city, if you're not vaccinated, they, I don't know where you could work. Because even if I were a general contractor and I went into somebody's home, they are technically supposed to ask you to see your vaccination status. So it's a lose-lose here. And this is why we have to um, fight this. So I believe in that collective. Um, You can donate either to bravestforchoice.org and that money is obviously going to go there. Or you can directly uh, donate that money to NYFRL, New Yorkers for Religious Liberties.org. The website, it's up. It might not be like all bells and whistles, but you can donate directly to that and make it, you know, a subscription donation. That way that um, legal fund grows because I think that this is the one that's going to beat it in New York City. And if we win it for, for this, we're going to win. It's going to be citywide. So, okay. So this, yeah, this is, this is more of a comprehensive thing. It's allowing more of the citizens of New York to uh, get their voice heard, basically. It's right. all encompassing. Right. Everybody's going to be represented, whether they know it or not. And that's been the hardest part is getting the word out because everything is so censored. Nobody's putting this out on the news, you know, in mainstream media. So a lot of people don't even know that there's still mandates. If, if they've right. been unaffected because they took the shot even before it became a mandate issue, a lot of people just go through their lives not knowing that their neighbor is being affected by this. And, you know, they may not have been able to buy food this week because they can't go to work and they can't collect unemployment if they were fired because of the mandates. So people are left with very little choices in cities like this. And I think that it's important to note that whatever happens here in New York City, whatever happens in LA, there's a reason why they're picking these cities to start this. And it's just going to trickle out, inward, downward. And we don't want that to happen in this country. We just want freedom of choice. Yeah, that's exactly what we're looking at it from, you know, from New Jersey's point of view, um, which is kind of like a purple state right now. The big red wave came through in the last election. Uh, Governor Murphy got really like scared by that. Um, The Speaker of the House got kicked out by um, a truck driver with like a $500 budget. Um, (laughs) Yeah, incredible. But they, you could see they're just backing off a little they're not going right. away with this and they're not going away and they're just waiting they're waiting to pounce again and they're waiting to have us be relaxed again yes we have to stay vigilant 
Right. And, and it is a, a game of, of vigilance. We have to, uh, it could be tiring. And I want to go back to something you said before we, uh, we got two minutes left. Okay. Uh, this is another big deal. And I just want to reinforce something that you said, you, you said like how you're all consumed with this and a lot of other parts of your life, you're not able to concentrate on. And I want everybody listening to understand that, you know, this podcast that me and Sophie are doing right now, we really don't want to be doing this. This is not what we want to be doing. You want to be doing whatever it is that you used to do in your normal life. And I want to be doing my fitness podcast and talking about exactly. how to, you know, so um, the fact that we just put in an hour of our time or whatever, but between starting this podcast up and everything, just, just times that by 100 and somebody like yourself, Sophie, who's been to California and been all around working so hard as you've been, I want to recognize that too. And I want people to realize this is a huge sacrifice. So again, if you could kick 10, 15, $20 into the kitty over at bravestforchoice.org and just help support, how big of a deal is that? You know, you're just unloading a couple of bucks and then you're going about your life. Meanwhile, Sophie's picking that money up and she's going to work with it. So please help out with that. Sophie, I appreciate what you're doing and um, I'm going to be in touch with you. Um, anything else before we sign off? I uh, know. Yeah. Just follow us on our socials uh, brave at bravest for choice on Instagram and bravestforchoice.org. I want to um, just uh, take a quick moment to recognize the members that we have lost this year, um, whether to, you know, whatever happened, it's still, you know, important to remember them and, Remember that life is happening outside of here and other good things are happening, other bad things. But um, I appreciate the support. I really um, thank you for telling these stories and taking time out of your day to do this. And um, I think it's important what you're doing that even though you're still working in the fire service, I think everybody should be like that. Uh, even if you're still working and it hasn't affected you yet, please support the ones that it has affected, you know, because it's only a matter of time. If you can nip it on, on someone else's end, you could be, you know, potentially saving your own hide in the yep. future yep. so invest in us and it's an investment in you all right and sorry about that the uh interview got cut off we ran out of time on the zoom call but uh sophie was just finishing up with just you know saying that basically if there's first responders out there that are still working but um you know, perhaps you're not, uh, you didn't get the jab yet, and you think maybe you could just ride it out. Well, maybe that's a possibility, but you could still support the ones in our tribe, the people that we know do the same job as us, even if they're in LA, even if they're in New York, even if they're in Florida, wherever they are, they need our support still even though we have jobs. In fact, it would behoove us. It's actually uh, the right thing to do. We are still working. We're still collecting our paychecks. So how about helping them out? All you got to do is donate to bravestforchoice.org. Uh, the other one is nyfrl.org. That's New Yorkers for Religious Liberty.org. NYFRL. R L, you know, you can donate over there. And uh, earlier in the podcast, um, I did 
an interview with Firefighters for Freedom. Those guys are in California, but they also have chapters popping up around the United States. There's actually a New Jersey chapter opening up. Uh, it's still in its infancy. And uh, they're, you know, firefightersforfreedom.org. And uh, there's also another earlier podcast was Roll Call for Freedom, which is which is uh, L.A. police officers. And um, these are all police, firefighters and other first responders who choose not to take the jab, but um, are also being put on leave without pay. And it's a terrible thing. It's a terrible thing that what they're doing to the working blue collar people, the good salt of the earth people. Uh, these are very trying times. I want to point out that, you know, these are people that just want to be left alone to go ahead and carry on their normal lives. They're not looking to game the system in any way, shape or form. And, you know, I might be saying something that's somewhat inflammatory here, but the bureaucrats are the ones who are gaming the system. They've always been gaming the system. You're listening to my voice right now, and I know you have to be agreeing with me, at least to a moderate degree. Everybody knows politicians, bureaucrats, they're all in it for themselves. They're all stealing money. They're all playing games. Um, they're always taking tax dollars. They're absconding with it. The money is hardly ever going for what they ever say it's for. The public knows it. It's hard to make, you know, make odd, odds or ends out of where the money is going, where it's coming from. We all just kind of wave our hands, go, yep, they're going to do what they normally do. Hey, we were warned by the founding fathers. They said government is a necessary evil. They couldn't think of any other way to set up our system. They say, we're going to have to have some kind of government, unfortunately. That's really, you know, the way it, it all lined up. Um, so we got to pick our sides here. It's us versus them. If you think that you're going to get favoritism from the bureaucrats because you're a good soldier and you do what you're told, you're just a pawn in their game. They don't care about you, okay? But – we care about each other. We care about our neighbors. I have been over to New York City to support fire department stuff before, funerals and things like that. And we've seen FDNY come over to Jersey plenty of times uh, to help and support when a member dies or something like that. I've been up to Canada to play hockey in um, fire department sanctioned you know type of um hockey games and there's been teams from all around the country and you know everybody's supporting each other that's what we do that's what makes it so special you know you go work somewhere and you you make your friends uh with the people you work with and those are your people and i want people to recognize that i'm gonna Hang it up here, guys. I hope you enjoyed that podcast. And please consider supporting bravestforchoice.org or any one of the other organizations that I mentioned. Thanks a lot. See you at the next one.